Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy to have you guys back here on the Chief Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Farzine Vusugi, and thank you once again for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. If you're a new listener, hey, welcome aboard. It's never too late. Chief season just underway, so you have a listen just in time as the season has kicked off and the Chiefs 1-0, looking to go 2-0 on the season. Once again, I'm your host, Farzine Vasugi, and as always, social media is a big part of the show, so please interact with me on Facebook, facebook.com slash and Give it a like and interact in all of the discussions on the Facebook page. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. So follow me on Twitter and also send me a snap on Snapchat, Farzine V, F-A-R-Z-I-N-V. And as promised, uh, I will respond to you guys uh, with a video, a personal video response. Uh, let me know you're listening to the podcast, you're watching the Chiefs game, or uh, maybe you saw Casey Wolf down the street. Uh, no, don't send me anything weird. Not that it's happened yet. Uh, and, and of course, now that I just said that, people might uh, send... Uh, well, okay, well, I sh- maybe I shouldn't say it because maybe someone... Okay, l- let's, let's keep it clean on the Snapchat. <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, let's uh, let's continue to have Snapchat as part of the show as well. Uh, so again, you guys can also send me a snap, and uh, like I said, I will personally re- send you guys a video response. All right, talked about this last podcast. The theme to that last podcast was take the win any way you can, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs did. And moving on to this week, you've got the Houston Texans, a, a team who the Chiefs will face. For the third time in, what, 13 months, essentially? So uh, this is a big game for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's now kind of become a non-division rivalry where the Chiefs are constantly facing the Houston Texans, all of them, by the way, on the road. So this is a, a team that the Chiefs have gotten a little familiar with. It, it, it's funny, Rich Gannon and uh, Kevin Hartler mentioned this on the broadcast for CBS when these two teams go up against each other. Sure, they, they they may not know what the game plan is, but let's be honest. These those two teams they see each other so much twice a year that there are no secrets between those two football teams. The Chiefs know what Philip Rivers is going to do. The Chargers know what Alex Smith is going to do. They know what style those quarterbacks play. What what they will likely do in certain situations. And I think the Chiefs have. Kind of gotten familiar with the Houston Texans. However, uh, th- th- there is that nice partial familiarity. And I say partial because, let's be honest, this is a completely different Houston Texans team uh, this year compared to last year. You-, you can't even compare the two offenses, at least. The defenses, certainly very similar. I- I- and let's face it, Romeo Cornell, uh, we all know what he's capable of as a defensive coordinator, what he was able to do over with the New England Patriots here in Kansas City, and now he's doing it over with the Houston Texans. Wherever Rack goes, defenses really pick up. And I'll get to this later, but I think that's going to be something the Chiefs are going to be very familiar with. What the Chiefs are not familiar with is Brock Osweiler. Now, forget about the the, the time where the Chiefs pretty much chased Peyton Manning to the sidelines in that big win over the Broncos last year, and Brock Osweiler came in because Osweiler was asked to pretty much help the Broncos rally. When What was the score? 29-0, I think. And the Chiefs were in prevent defense uh, the entire fourth quarter because, uh, l- let's face it, the, this is Osweiler. It's really his uh, rookie game, essentially, I guess. Uh, I mean, he, he got 
better opportunities later on as the season progressed for the Denver Broncos, but you can't look at that and say, oh, well, well the Chiefs did well or, or did poorly against uh, against him in that game. The Chiefs were pretty much playing prevent defense, playing soft. They don't want to get injured. They're just getting ready to, to pack it up, leave Denver, and uh, get ready for the next game, whichever team was coming up at the, at the time. And you pretty much can't judge the Chiefs based on how they did against the Texans offense last year and how they did against Osweiler in the one quarter they played him last year because, let's face it, the Texans offense is different and Osweiler, we all know the situation he uh, was thrown into against the Kansas City Chiefs. A much different situation and, man, I got to tell you, I I think the Houston Texans had one of the best off-seasons in terms of trying to improve their offense all across the board. So many ways that they have improved this offense. Of course, Brock Osweiler, the biggest name, but it even goes beyond that. Lamar Miller acquired from the Miami Dolphins uh, at running back. I mean, that's a big move for them. They, uh, of course, drafted Taylor Irvin in the fourth round. The, the Texans really loaded this offense through the draft. I mean, they found some talented football players in this draft. Uh, you look at the wide receivers. They drafted Will Fuller, who I, I thought could have, Came to Kansas City, but uh, the Chiefs, of course, I I mean, that was a rough draft for the Kansas City Chiefs in the first run. You saw Josh Doxson also go. So many great players, uh, wide receivers, went right before Kansas City got a chance to pick. So you look at this Texans offense, and they also drafted Braxton Miller a couple rounds later in the third round. Also a wide receiver. They drafted Jalen Strong last year in the third round. So there are a lot of young guys. Same with Keith Mumphrey. A lot of young guys part of Houston's receiving corps. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, the primary leader for the wide receivers, drafted in the first round in 2013. So all five wide receivers for the Houston Texans were drafted in 2013, 2015, and 2016. So all within the last three years, really. And that's that's good for... Houston, because let's face it, I mean, you want to talk about building a football team, and the Houston Texans, they, they found a way to bring some talent to this offense, keep them around for a little bit, and I know last year it was a quarterback's convention over at, for, for the Houston Texans and a couple other teams last year. I, I don't know what it was about last year, but there were so many teams that had so many different starting quarterbacks throughout the season. The, the Texans were one of those teams. And this patience has finally paid off. They bring in Brock Osweiler, who they're very happy with. Of course, throwing a huge chunk of change at him. But let's face it, I, I think every player nowadays, especially under center, uh, whatever the asking price is, I, most teams are willing to throw the money at him. And it's only going to get bigger as uh, as the years go on. Uh, players are just going to get paid more and more money. Uh, I've said this before. I, I don't want to get too deep into this. Uh, right now, but uh, I think there will be a, a time where backups will make a million dollars a year, maybe even more. And yeah, sure, we saw that with Chase Daniel in Kansas City, but uh, that's a rarity. You, I think uh, you're probably going to see all 32 teams pay at least $1 million a year for backup quarterbacks. But anyway, Osweiler, he, he's with the Houston Texans, a very shocking move to Denver Broncos fans as... He left Denver and went over to Houston. And I remember turn, as soon as I heard this free agent signing, I started listening to radio stations online in Denver. And 
people were, I mean, they thought the sky was falling, end of the world, Brock Osweiler is no longer there, and I thought, you know, it's pretty crazy to, to just feel defeated because Osweiler, who played, what, seven games for you in the regular season, and you're panicking that you lost him, I understand that, you know, they had Simeon, who was a seventh-round pick for them, and eventually they, they, they drafted a quarterback in this year's draft. We'll see how things pan out for the Denver Broncos. I mean, of course, Mark Sanchez, I, I, I just don't know where you think you will, you can go with him at this point. With all due respect, it's just, let's face it, Mark Sanchez is not the most viable quarterback. He's the least viable quarterback we have seen in the NFL since he was drafted in 2009. But overall with this offense, Brock Osweiler, tons of targets around him. And he's definitely going to use Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins against Kansas City's secondary, which, let's be honest, was was not looking very good against the San Diego Chargers. And and I discussed this in the last podcast. Keenan Allen, when he went out, how did, how did San Diego do? They were 6 of 6 on third down with Keenan Allen, 1 for 9 without Keenan Allen. And that's a big part of... Hey, look, maybe there are multiple defensive backs who are keeping an eye on Allen, and after his injury, there's more one-on-one matchups on third downs rather than having Keenan Allen pretty much occupy multiple defensive backs, allowing someone else to get open, maybe a tight end or a running back or a slot receiver, whatever the case may be, and that was not the case after his injury, so... How is how is Kansas City going to prepare for Houston's offense? Which again, you're going to be facing a better group of wide receivers than what Philip. The best way to defeat that is with the pass rush, and we know Kansas City didn't have the best pass rush last week. Sure, they got going in the second half during that big rally, uh, but you wanted. And again, I said this last week. It's hard to see what this Chiefs team is going to be like down the road because that was week one. If this was the middle of the season, if the Chiefs were 8-1, and 8-2, and two, and they rallied like that, we were going to say, hey, look, we expected it because this is the Chiefs team that we're so used to seeing all season. But we, we don't know uh, much about this team after week one. Uh, they, they played one terrible half and one great half in, in, in a great overtime period. So, it's really hard to get a good read on this Chiefs team after one game, but the matchup that I am nervous for the most, and I think from a Houston Texans standpoint, their fans have to be excited about the most, is the wide receivers versus the Chiefs quarterbacks. Marcus Peters did not have the greatest showing last week, definitely did not look like the rookie of the year that we saw last week in 2015, where he co-led the NFL in interceptions with eight uh you know, how do Philip Gaines and Steven Nelson do uh, against this this group of receivers? Uh, again, you got Hopkins, Fuller, Miller. Uh, I'll even I'll even mention Lamar Miller because I think he's a guy who can do some damage coming out of the backfield, and that's another player who this defense needs to account for. I'll tell you one matchup that I'm really excited to see because of just how things went in the playoffs last season. It is the matchup between J.J. Watt and Eric Fisher. I Eric Fisher had no problems 
putting J.J. Watt on the ground and keeping him away from Alex Smith. And of course, Watt did get injured in the in the third quarter of that game. Who knows? Maybe Watt could have excelled in the fourth quarter, kind of like what we saw with D. Ford and Tom Bahali late in the game last week. But uh, you you can only go off what, what happened and what you saw. And for what we saw in uh, nearly three quarters, Eric Fisher got the best of J.J. Watt in that football game. And this year... You know, with J.J. Watt, and I know he didn't do really well last week. He got going a little bit, but he's still coming off that surgery that he had in July. Uh, Not the J.J. Watt we're so used to seeing, but J.J. Watt is arguably one of the toughest guys in the NFL. And what he's been able to do the past couple of years, my gosh, just phenomenal. I still remember week one of last season when the Chiefs and Texans faced off. J.J. Uh, Watt beat two linemen to get to Alex Smith. I mean, he is a vicious pass rusher. And imagine if he was on Kansas City's 3-4 defense, and I know, I know I'm playing a little bit of fantasy football here, but man, if you have J.J. Watt on the same defense as Justin Houston, Tom Bahali, Dontari Poe, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty exciting group of guys to have on your football team on that front seven right there for Kansas City's defense. Uh, but Kansas City has has some good defensive linemen of their own, which I'll get to a little bit later because I think there could be an intriguing matchup there for, for sports fans uh, because this is something that I always like to see. But for right now, Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Watt, those are two guys you definitely have to be re- ready for the defensive ends uh, on this football team for the Houston Texans. But uh, let's not forget about Whitney Mercillus, who was named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week for four tackles and a pair of sacks against the Chicago Bears, pretty much uh, demoralizing Jay Cutler, who I, I know has a, has really been up and down. It's mostly been down for for Jay Cutler. A lot of criticism, of course, that he has taken uh, over the years with the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears. But Winnie Marcellus, I, I think he's the uh, key guy for the Houston Texans. Of course, like I said, he won the defensive honor for uh, the AFC this past week. So they're definitely going to be relying on him to be an X-factor once again. And with Kansas City's offensive line, uh, it didn't look the greatest last week. Again, I know it was a tale of two halves, but we'll see which uh, which Chiefs offense shows up, the first half or the second half offense. And you definitely want to get the, the this offense going. And like I said last week, with San Diego's very underrated defensive line, uh, we know uh, we know about Houston's defense. Uh, this is not underrated. I mean, we all know what the Texans are going to bring. And like I said, going into that Chargers game, I think Alex Smith is going to need to go with a lot of short passes. Again, I know it's not the most exciting thing to see on a football field, but that's how you've got to win your football games. Uh, You've got to look for those short passes to Jeremy Macklin, Albert Wilson, Chris Conley, speedsters. This is what's so special about this Chiefs offense is the amount of uh, speed you have, not just with your running backs, but also even in your tight end in Travis Kelsey, who's arguably one of the fastest tight ends in the NFL right now. Uh, I think what makes him so unique uh, comparing to Tony Gonzalez is uh, while Gonzalez was great, uh, he, he he did He didn't have the speed that Kelsey does. And I think that's, that's so the NFL is so different nowadays. You, you can see a guy who maybe isn't just the greatest overall wide receiver like a Randy Moss or a Terrell Owens, but this is a guy who 
uh, and I'm talking just speedsters, they can do a lot with their feet and gash through a defense. Next thing you know, uh, they get a big play or, or a long touchdown play just off a catch and run. A lot of yak there. Yards after the catch. That help a lot of offenses in the NFL nowadays. So I want to see Albert Wilson, uh, Chris Conley, those guys also get involved, use their speed a little bit. We saw Tyreek Hill, what he was able to do on that touchdown play right there, evade a couple of defenders, and then finally get into the end zone uh, to give the Chiefs their first touchdown of the season. But this offensive line, if they can just block for a couple of seconds, just enough for Alex Smith to try to get those quick passes. And look, we know Alex Smith is capable of finding guys open real quickly right after the snap because... Uh, he, I mean, he's he's great with tight ends. We saw what he did with Vernon Davis in San Francisco and now with Travis Kelsey here in Kansas City. Uh, and Jamal Charles, who's likely going to be inactive for the second consecutive week this season. Uh, you, you have Spencer Ware, who had a phenomenal game through the air last last week, as did Sharkandrick West. So you know he's not going to have any problems finding those two guys through the air in the passing game. So I think the Chiefs are definitely going to want to exploit that even more. The matchup that I'm excited for uh, on an offensive standpoint, though, uh, Jeremy Macklin against Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan Joseph, who's been one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. Not necessarily a top five, top ten guy. Maybe some might consider him a top ten guy, but uh, he he has been just a good, solid cornerback for the Houston Texans and the, and the Cincinnati Bengals in his NFL career. But uh, you know, if if Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher can uh, hold their ground, and I think you're going to need to use Travis Kelsey and a couple other tight ends to help out as well, and you know Anthony Sherman can also be capable of this as well, helping block in the backfield, uh, got to do as much as you can to uh, to keep J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney and, and Marcellus away from Alex Smith. They're definitely going to get to him. But if you can limit it to just two times, three at the max, I, I know that I know three sacks is not the most ideal thing, but against a good defense like the Texans, uh, you, you know you can't necessarily hold this defense silent. It, it's if they do, it's great. Obviously, I, that of course I'll be on here next week talking about how this Chiefs offensive line showed up to play against a very phenomenal defensive line. Now, I did talk about the uh, other side of the ball uh, for the Chiefs on defense and the Texans on offense, something that I'm kind of curious to see. Uh, Jeff Allen, who played here in Kansas City, uh, the, the right guard for the Houston Texans, another nice acquisition for the Houston Texans. It wasn't just the wide receivers and the cornerback and the running back. I mean, they they tried to add some muscle on that offensive line, too, and they got Jeff Allen, who, uh, again, he's only played one game for the Houston Texans, but uh, we all know Jeff Allen, a very versatile guard, uh, never really got the opportunity to showcase that here in Kansas City, and now he has that opportunity, and uh, good for him. He really does deserve it, and I think that's something that the Chiefs need to uh, need to exploit. Uh, they, they know this guy pretty well, but at the same time, uh, they never gave him that opportunity, so it's going to be interesting to see what Jeff Allen does against former teammates Allen Bailey and Jay Howard, guys who he went up against quite a lot in practice during his time with the Chiefs, and also Dontari Poe, if he can uh, occupy a couple of offensive linemen like Manns and Suofilo uh, and try to allow Tom Bahali and D Ford go and have one-on-one matchups against Brown and Newton, the offensive tackles for the Houston Texans.
I'm a little concerned again uh, with the way the defensive line did last week. I, I thought the defensive line had had a great showing in that first series against Philip Rivers and the Chargers, but after that, we didn't necessarily see that uh, that good defensive line. That and again, I, I know so many people focus on guys like Holly and Justin Houston, uh, of course, when he's healthy, and Eric Berry and Marcus Peters, but. The pass rush is such a big part of the game, and in a three-four scheme, you need a dominant nose tackle or or, or or defensive middle tackle that can occupy a center and one of the two guards, because then that allows one-on-one matchups, and that's why Tom Bahali and Justin Houston have not just been great, but they've both been pro bowlers, and you know you have a special group of football players when you have two players the same position consistently making the Pro Bowl in Holly and Houston. And I know, again, we're not going to have Houston in this game. It's going to be D Ford. Uh, but this is another opportunity for D Ford to step up. Uh, he came through last week, coming up with a big sack that forced overtime against the San Diego Chargers. So how does he do in this game? Against an offensive line for the Texans, again, we don't know much about. Newton, uh, he's an average offensive tackle. Uh, Brown's a guy that we don't know much about, so the Houston Texans uh, definitely have to be ready for anything and everything that the Chiefs are going to send them. NFL teams know, I mean, if there's anything that's not a secret about this Chiefs football team, uh, at least from a defensive standpoint, they know that defense is going to bring pressure. That's what they're good at, and they're they're going to bring the heat. And that's something that offensive coordinator George Gotze has got to be prepared for. So we'll see what they do with Dwayne Brown and Derek Newton in this football game as they get ready to go up against Kansas City's, uh, I was about to say a fierce <laughs> group of uh, pass rushers, outside rushers, but uh, didn't look so fierce last week. But I, I think you know when you have a guy like Tom Bahali, you can never count him out. You know his toughness is always going to come through when the Chiefs really need it the most. I, I remember... Uh, on this podcast, I said, look, I, I'm not too confident in Tom Bahali. Maybe his time's up. And, of course, what did he do in that uh, Steelers game, which was uh, the start of the surge last season? Uh, he came through big with a pair of sacks that uh, helped the Chiefs get going, and that set the tone for the rest of the season in 2015. And, again, with Romeo Cornell, I, I said i touched on this briefly, uh, he has really done a great job with this defense. He really has. Now, J.J. Watt, of course, is always going to be J.J. Watt, but, uh, you know, Marcellus Whitney and just what he's capable of, in fact, he's had his best season under Romeo Cornell. When Romeo Cornell arrived in 2014, uh, had five sacks, uh, kind of shaky there, but in 2015, last year, that was his breakout year with a dozen sacks. And a big part of that goes to Romeo Cornell. A lot of credit to, to Rack. Uh, when Rack came to Kansas City, we saw a completely different Derek Johnson. We saw a much better Tamba Hali uh, applying pressure. Le- ended up leading the AFC in sacks in 2010, the same year the Chiefs won the AFC West for the first time since 2003. So this is a Houston Texans team that uh, defensively, uh, I mean, they're, they're well mature. It is a stout defense that... Kansas City's offensive line is going to have to be ready for. Like I said, it's going to it's going to take short passes, short quick passes to get through this Houston Texans defense. And I think this is your opportunity to really get creative. I, I know we haven't seen the most eye grabbing plays from the Chiefs' offense, but 
with this kind of a defense coming off that big win against Chicago and the way they silenced Jay Cutler and the Bears, uh, look, I think the, the Chiefs need to open up that playbook. Uh, I think Matt Nagy and Brad Childress and, and Andy Reid need to look, look at this uh, offense uh, against this Texans defense and say, hey, look, we've got to shake things up and uh, throw some things at the Texans that they will not expect, whether it's the Wildcat, the Flea Flicker, flicker uh, some sort of end around where you throw off the defense, uh, making it seem like the running back is going to go one way and instead he goes the other. Uh, I mean, get those trick plays out because you've got to be able to do anything and everything to throw this defense off and score quickly, especially on the road. I know you want to do those kinds of things at home too because that's what gets your crowd pumped up. Uh, I think, uh, gosh, I, I guess the most exciting trick play we've seen in Kansas City, that, that uh, Tyler Thickpin touchdown pass uh, from uh, from Mark Bradley. Even though there were not a lot of fans at Arrowhead Stadium in 2008, uh, that, that was a play that got Chiefs fans on their feet when Thickpin caught that touchdown pass. So I get it. Uh, you can't run these plays excessively. They only work once, maybe twice a year. And of course, I you know I forgot about that Dwayneville Wildcat reverse play uh, in 2010 that Charlie Weiss pulled off. So uh, again, these don't work very often. You can only do it once or twice. When I say make it work, I'm not saying have it successful. Just attempt it once or twice because coaches study game film. <laughs> they have no life, unfortunately. I mean, those guys are in their office is just watching film every single play, even watching him twice. So uh, I think this is an opportunity for Andy Reid and that offensive coaching staff to to look at that playbook and try to find some of those trick plays against this Texans defense. So if I'm looking for a key quote-unquote player, and I say quote-unquote because I think my MVP, well, I shouldn't say MVP because uh, this is a pregame podcast, not the postgame, but... My eyes are on the coaching staff the, for, for the offensive side. I mean, how is this offensive coaching staff going to prep the Chiefs for this Texans defense? This is a very good Texans defense, and the Chiefs are going to be facing a, a Jets defense. And again, I know Darrell Rivas didn't have the greatest game uh, against the Buffalo Bills in that Thursday night football win, but uh, that's, a, that's a, a, a team that still you can never count out because of who they have. Chiefs are going to be facing a couple of really good defenses the next couple of weeks. And this is an opportunity for the offense to prove just how good they really are. And no, you don't have Jamal Charles, but that's never an excuse at the end of the day. Especially a team that's won 11 games in a row in the regular season dating back to last year without Jamal Charles. All without Jamal Charles. So you know Spencer Ware is going to be used a lot in the passing game, as is Sharkandrick was. And I'm kind of curious as to how many times Kansas City might even consider running the, the football in this game. I think this is going to be a very, very pass-heavy Chiefs offense. Especially on the road against a Texans defense that doesn't have necessarily the greatest secondary in Quinton Demps. And Hale, I, I, I think, I, I mean, you know about Quentin Dempsey. He was here in Kansas City. Uh, good special teamer, good special team player, but uh, not the greatest defensive backs guy. Again, Andre Hall and Quentin Dempsey, uh, they also uh, drafted KJ Dillon, who may be active in rotation 
with Quentin Demps. But again, you just don't have the greatest group of defensive backs outside of Jonathan Joseph. And uh, yeah, Kareem Jackson, he he may be a, a, a solid cornerback for them, but a, not, not necessarily a guy who you look at and, and think of, oh, uh, just a dominant guy. I know Kevin Johnson is a guy who they have on the team, not necessarily panning out for them in their first-round pick from last year. Uh, but I think this is going to be something where the Chiefs try to exploit that secondary. That's going to be the key for them on offense. Uh, you know, offensive line has got to hold off those pass rushes for just a couple quick seconds, and Alex Smith come up with those quick passes. But then after that, with the speed that the Chiefs have, and guys like Tyreek Hill and Jeremy Macklin, Travis Kelsey, so many guys... Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on with this offense. I think they can uh, make it a, a, a rushing contest, a sprint with these guys. And this Chiefs offense could look like Usain Bolt against this secondary, which, again, not necessarily the greatest secondary in the NFL. I think that's where you need the most improvement if you're the Houston Texans defense. I've got the Chiefs winning this one in a one-sided game. Uh, we saw this last year in the playoffs. It was 30 to nothing. The Chiefs did get off to a 27-7 start against the Texans last year also, and the Texans were able to catch up to the Chiefs in that game. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's going to be one-sided like the playoff game. I still think the Texans are going to get some uh, some points uh, throughout the game, but I think the Chiefs are going to be able to hold their ground on defense and offensively. I, I think there will be some struggles with that pass rush, but they'll be able to get through. I've got the Chiefs winning in this one. Uh, as far as my final score, I'll, I'll go 24-10 to 10 Chiefs. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a big scoring contest like we saw last week against the San Diego Chargers in an overtime victory. Uh, I think uh, you're going to see a low-scoring contest for three quarters and in the fourth quarter when... Uh, the Texans' defense starts to lose a little bit of gas there. That's where the Chiefs' offense is going to turn things up, uh, just floor it, and go off on this defense, put a couple of touchdowns, and at that point you'll see the Chiefs pretty much seal the deal and advance to 2-0. So I've got the Chiefs winning this game, going 2-0, and uh, it's a, a lot of people still excited for, for what happened last week, and we're hoping that second-half gameplay carries over this week and i think it happens 24 to 10 kansas city chiefs my prediction for this football game thank you guys once again for listening to the chief zone podcast i am farzine Vasugi and your host please subscribe to the podcast on itunes tell a friend about it let them know about this chiefs podcast also like my facebook page facebook.com slash farzine Vasugi, and follow me on twitter at farzine 21 and send me a snap on snapchat farzine v f-a-r-z-i-n-v i'll talk to you guys this week Enjoy all the football games. Enjoy the Chiefs game. Let's hope this team advances to 2-0. Play, hopeful, let's hope for four good quarters of Chiefs football. We definitely want to see that this time around. The comebacks are exciting, but uh, the four good quarters, some dominating football, would also be nice to see. And I think the Chiefs are going to be capable of doing that against the Texans this week. Thanks again for listening to the Chiefs on Podcast. I'm Farzine Vasugian. I'll talk to you guys next week when we recap the Chiefs and Texans matchup.